welcome back. We took a little bit of a uh, trip to the IR. We took a little 10-day IAR trip. Um, apologies for missing last week's episode. We had some technical difficulties, and the boys' schedules were a little bit busy. Uh, but we're back. It's the three of us. This kind of marks... Uh, this one's a little bit more special. We do have some news to share at the end of the episode. I'll let... Um, Rick tell the, the listeners at the end, but, uh, um, yeah, another action-packed episode of Three Up, Three Down. I got Alex and Rick in the studio, uh, wondering how they're doing. Personally, Alex is, is next to me, so always exciting, <laughs> but we're going to try and give you the best, uh, performance we can without driving each other nuts. You guys, uh, you guys surviving that tornado over there right now, or what, what's up? Today's episode was delayed 30 minutes to weather, uh, with a weather <laughs> delay, but uh, it sounds like the internet's doing well. We're, we're running both of us, and we got the game in the background, so we'll see. We have had a, a string of bad luck, but uh, knocking on wood and, and hoping we can get this one be- this one done smoothly. Yeah, and just for the record, I mean, Jack took the very annoying perspective on the tornado that nothing was going to happen. <laughs> Uh, so like my house was shaking, like it sounded like it's, I've never heard thunder like this. It sounded like bombs being dropped shit. outside. It was crazy. The issue when somebody says it's all going to be okay, it's like you want them to be right. So then when they're right, they have this big win and it's like, well, I'm happy about it too. And if they're wrong, it's like a terrible thing. So you can't even win. Um, so thank you, Jack, for taking me that side. There's nothing to be afraid about. In the city of Chicago, I mean, that's a fortress. True. That's true. It's a fortress it, on the it lake. Is, it is a fortress against um, natural disasters. And you know, everyone was freaking out, and I was just hanging out. You know, it was just a little bit of lightning and thunder. And if it shook your house, I'm sorry. I I was able to take a <laughs> take a nice snooze, so can't complain is, over here. I was gonna say it is always kind of scary though to hear those sirens go off. I don't know why, but it, it, it freaks me out. It, it reminds me of, like, 28 Weeks Later, if you guys have ever seen that movie, where, like, the sirens are going off. Like, that shit just freaks me out. It's not a pleasant thing to hear, that's for sure. <laughs> I, know it freaked, I know it freaked Alex out. Well, it was weird, yeah. And there's also, like, tree limbs down on Jack's street, so maybe his car is a little... Like, Jack, but I don't know. <laughs> there are tree limbs down. It's not like nothing happened. <laughs> No, no, I no. I think you're okay. I think you're okay. This is great. <laughs> okay. This is great. I fucking love this. <laughs> They're not huge. They're just, just like... No, it's okay. I didn't see any in your car. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Rick, how are you doing? Not too bad, man. Uh, kind of just rainy over here in the Pacific Northwest. So, no- so nothing out of the usual... Really, we had a couple sunny days this past weekend, and that was it. That was the extent of my of, of good weather here. So, a little bit uh, not exciting. Kind of kind of jealous of the tornado. Kind of not jealous of the tornado, but you know, like rainy and a day of sunshine. That's about it. Nice, nice, nice. I like to hear that. And then Alex, I know you're sitting right next to me, but uh, decent week so far. Yeah, I mean, I can't complain. White Sox killing me, but I guess that's part of the fun. Um, <laughs> yeah, life's good. Nothing. It's it's getting nice in Chicago. Hopefully, it'll be warm after this. Apparently, it's supposed to like finally get hot. It's been like in the sixties and seventies this whole summer, which I don't mind personally. But it would be nice to get a couple like days that are a bit too hot. Um, get the full summer the experience. Hundo tomorrow, though. Hundo, hundo tomorrow. Oof. So, gear up. Um, nice. Well, glad everyone's doing well. Let's get back into it to uh, our unsponsored but desired to be sponsored by Icy Hot. Um, <clears throat> you know, it, it it's a nice product. I would I personally use the Walgreens part of it. I will buy an Icy Hot product when I get an email from you in my inbox. Um, Jacksif at gmail dot com. You know, send me an email. We'd love to work with you. Icy Hot, unsponsored, but sponsored, official of this podcast and this segment. Um, who wants to lead it off? Who wants to kick it off? Do you, uh, do you want me to go first since I, I always delegate? That's true, man. Yeah, you should go first. Fine, fine, fine. All right. 
Starting with the icy, the icy, 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 the NL Central. Rick, <laughs> plug your ears. You're not going to like this one. <laughs> Last 10 games, the only team in the division with a 500 record in that span was St. Louis, and that was 5-5. Five to five. As a division, they lost a total of 34 out of 50. Um, oh, my God. They currently represent are the representatives for the playoffs in the NL Central. Excuse me. Are the Cardinals with the uh, the Brewers a half a game out in the wild card? The Reds, Cubs, and Pirates all had a record of three and seven, um, and in the last ten, Milwaukee was two and eight, so even worse than those three. And then, like I said, St. Louis five and five. Um, yeah, Cubs have San Diego this week. St. Louis and Pittsburgh are starting a series this week as well. Um, and Milwaukee's playing someone who cares. But, yeah, no, overall, NL Central, cold as hell, bad week, bad last 10 games. Rick, I know uh, uh, you can give us a little insight of what's been going on in, in Wrigley on the north side. But, yeah, mm-hmm. like I said, 34 out of a possible 50, rough, rough, rough stretch. Yeah, dude, you are not wrong. Uh, the Cubs... Just, uh, we'll, I'll, I'll get into the Cubs, but like they had a shitty, they had a really shitty uh, series against the Yankees. Um, the who was it? La, oh my God, who did they go? I think the the the, the Cardinals right now have a half game lead in the Central in Milwaukee. So Milwaukee entering as favorites for the NL Central, and we've talked about it pretty much. Uh, since we started this this podcast, that we we thought for sure the the the, Mil- the Brewers were basically going to run away with this, and you know I kind of had my thoughts about Cardinals. The Cardinals are always sneaky good, you know, um, and here they are, half a game lead. And to be honest, like the Brewers are going against the Mets later on this week. The Cubs uh, have uh, God, who did the Padres, and then <laughs> the Cardinals could probably run away with the division here in a bit, going against the Pirates. So terrible, terrible week, like you were saying, by the NL Central. 34 games lost, like that is ridiculous. The Cardinals are, I, I feel like they're gearing up to take to take the, the not only the lead, but really kind of like getting there to be the division winners here in the Central because the Brewers are not taking advantage of their uh, uh, of what's going of what's been going on and how good they've been this year. Um, and yeah, I mean, NL Central is kind of garbage. I feel like it was one of the weaker divisions in uh honestly all of baseball i feel like it's them and i mean i don't even want to put the al central in there because even i think the al central the the top three teams right now minnesota cleveland and you know the Sox, are probably way better than anybody in the in the nl central right now i would say yeah i mean i'm glad you mentioned that because i think the al central gets like a lot of heat for being bad and like it deserves to i mean i think it's if I was a fan of a team in the AL East, I'd be a little bit annoyed that like they just kind of got to beat up on each other for these playoff spots. Meanwhile, the White Sox can be as bad as they are and still be in contention. Um, but the NL Central is like it's a joke of a division. You have three teams actively trying to lose. Um, two of them do it every year. I mean, the the Reds and Pirates haven't tried to be good in a long time. The last time the Pirates tried to be good, they traded the whole team, uh, which is kind of a weird contending window, if you ask me. Um, the Cubs, I don't get it. Like, what are you doing? You're a major market. I get, I get the Cubs built their big hotel during COVID, and they feel like they can't pay anyone for ten years now or whatever it's going to be. But like, what's oh, yeah. go, like, why are you not? Why are the Cubs not paying money every year? It's ridiculous. They sell mm-hmm. out every game, more or less, and like they should be. And then you have the Cardinals and Brewers who are kind of like these are just kind of faux contenders. I mean, I know they both have like the Cardinals have a pretty good offense. Um. And the Cardinals could be a pretty good team. Like they're a winning organization; they know how to find guys. Brewers, I, I, I don't buy the offense, and if they don't have that pitching going, I mean, I think it's going to be tough for them to get as many wins. Um, but still, they're they're a good team. I mean, there's two good teams in there, but man, I don't know. It's it's not a fun division to watch. And if you're the Brewers and Cardinals and not having a lot of wins with these with these three other teams in your division, like something's got to be going wrong. If these games are competitive with the Cubs, with the Pirates, with the Reds, like that's just a pretty big issue. I mean, these are not good teams. Um, yeah, and you you mentioned like competing every year with the Cubs. Little you know, little little former former first baseman, you know, now in the Yankees said the same thing. I think over the weekend that he played the Cubs. So, I think 
you know, he would agree with with everything you just said too. Well, I think I bet he wanted to play his career in Chicago, and he realized yeah, yeah. he realized like I'm not going to contend if I do that. And uh, I think it was an obvious decision for him to leave. I mean, I think he, if the Cubs were like we're in contend, I think he'd be on the Cubs this year, um, back with the team. But you know, that's just where the organization's at, I guess. Yeah, and that's that's kind of what I was thinking too. I'm like, you know, he said that over the weekend, and and even though I've been kind of like on the side of like let the let the young guys come up, you know, and and, and really compete for to build the future or whatever. Uh, it, it's it's still like yes, you're very right. Like Chicago is the a huge market team. Like they should be able to pay hundreds of millions of dollars every year to these guys, and you know have just just huge payrolls because they have it. They can afford it. They 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 built their hotels. They you know all of Wrigley is just money. It's it that's what Wrigley is, and they should be able to pay it no matter what. They have their marquee network. You know they, they they're making money and. Even though, like, I like seeing the youth come up, you, you know, you and you and Rizzo are right. <laughs> they should absolutely be paying money. Yep. So the NL Central sucks. Um, <clears throat> but we'll move on to the hot. Jake Berger, Jake Cheese Burger, twenty six nice. at bats, hitting four seventeen. Um, with three home runs, eight runs scored, six driven in, and ten hits. Guy has been essentially the whole offense for the White Sox, DHing and playing third. Um, he has found himself as the kind of the number one guy for for starting in the DH role. Um, Berger's been excellent and providing some ex- um, some offense as um, they've kind of needed it as the big bats haven't really stepped up so. Um, Jake Berger is, is my hot for this week. Um, I know Alex loves the loves the guy, so I'll let you kind of expand off on that one. Yeah, I mean, Jake Berger was a fan favorite from the moment he was drafted. Had no clue who he was, but he envisioned <laughs> a guy, a beefy third baseman named Berger, and uh, it just sounds like somebody you want. And he almost retired, like, I don't know, a year or two ago because he had, like, two Achilles injuries in a row. And Jesus. it just seemed like the recovery wasn't going well. And, like, I'd follow him on Twitter at the point, and he had, like, I don't know, a thousand or, like, maybe two thousand followers. And, like, he just didn't seem, like, really, really with it. And it seemed like it was, like, really a mental struggle with him. So to see him come up and, like, start hitting is, is fantastic. Uh, it's been, I mean, the White Sox, I think, are four less wins without him. They had a mini win streak of four games, and he had the game-winning RBI in all of them. He's been the only guy who's hitting for power right now. Um and it's just kind of like you look at you look at the other teams. The White Sox will complain about injuries, like everyone is injured. Uh, that's kind of the reality. Uh, when you're a fan of the team, I think it seems like more than it is. And they have been like huge injuries. Um, but you see, like the Twins, the Twins are bringing up guys who are con- who are contributing. That third string second baseman or third string third baseman is coming up and hitting, and that's what Jake Berger's done for the White Sox. And uh, I don't know. I think the team would be in a much worse place without him. He's batting fifth for us now, which, like, at the beginning of the year, if you thought that was going to be where we were in June, uh, that's not ideal. But, I mean, he's hitting the ball hard, and uh, it just really doesn't seem – doesn't. Like, I'm sure teams will adjust him, but the power is legit. I mean, he hits these homers that are just line drives and they're out, and that's something that's going to play. And, I don't know, it's great to see him up, great to see him playing. He's, he's kind of a hack defensively, but uh, – <laughs> That's okay when he can hit. We need that offense. So, yeah, happy to see him performing. How long or – I mean, when did you guys draft him exactly? What year do you guys do you guys know? 16? No, no, it was, it was more – I think – because he was a college player. He played – he was in – was he at Mississippi State or was he at a Arkansas or something? I don't know. He was a, he was a college State, player. Florida so. State, I think. So, I, he, I think, is like 2018 maybe. He was a, a, like 10th oh, pick. Okay. I mean, he's a first-rounder. Yeah, he's a, yeah, he's, yeah. A, he's a big talent. Um, and is, is this like the first time he comes up, or no? He came up for a bit last year, and he hit okay last year. But uh, yeah. this year he came up, then he got sent down, and since he's been called back up, he's hitting like three fifty with a ton of power. And I don't yeah. know, he looks really good. He, and it, it doesn't look like a fluke at the plate. Obviously, adjustments happen; those things happen. But he's hitting the ball hard, and uh, he's a tough power right now. I was gonna say, yeah, man. I mean, if the numbers, if he's backing it up with the numbers, like, and with a name like Berger, like, there's, there's, there's nothing more to say for that guy. And, and like you said, he's kind of been your whole offense with the with the injuries and 
I'm, I'm, I'm sure with, with the lineups that have been put out, uh, he's been doing pretty well. So I don't really know too much. I mean, he, he definitely made his mark on the, uh, the Crosstown Classic Series, that's for sure. So the, I'll always remember old Jake Berger if he doesn't really pan out because of that. But, yeah, man, I, I, I like him for the Sox, you know, hitting fifth. Like you said, a big, beefy third third baseman, almost like uh, Turner-like over there with the Dodgers. Just a big guy, not going not gonna to steal many bases in his career, but, you know, he's going he's gonna to hit dingers. That's, that's what he's there for. Yeah, it just seems like the ball is flying off his bat. Um but no, it's it's been exciting to watch Berger. He leads the team in home runs. He's tied with Abreu, who hit his eighth tonight as well. Unfortunately, Berger did leave today's game, uh, being Oof. hit by a pitch in the hand. Uh, so we'll see where that ends up. But <clears throat> yeah, so that's the icy hots from me this week. Um, yeah, who uh, who wants to go next? Uh, I'll go next. I will start off with icy and it is a very it's a pretty sad icy honestly steven strasburg man uh remember when he won mvp for uh the world series because i remember and i feel like all of baseball remembers but he just came back uh from from the il he's been sidelined for basically two seasons you know he returned on thursday against the marlins only lasted four and two thirds, gave up seven earned runs on eight hits and two walks. And after that, I mean, he was just pretty much like, Hey, I, you know, I got soreness or I, I got discomfort in his shoulder, I believe, or, or his elbow, something like that. It was, and now he's out, he's out again, back on the injured list. And it's kind of sad, uh, literally less than a week after being, after returning. And like I said, the last two seasons, um, and including the, you know, his most recent start, he's only pitched 30 and a third innings in the last basically two and a half seasons. Um, and he just, he just really hasn't been himself. His, his injuries have killed him after his world series MVP season. And pretty much after he had an extension, seven years, $245 million. So my IC, even though it's kind of fucked up to say, but it is Steven Strasburg, uh, for this week. Yeah, I like that one. I mean, it's it's unfortunate. Um, to me, I remember, like, Strasburg's kind of, like, he's not the last of his era, but, like, I remember his era because it was when, yeah. I remember when he was a prospect and first came up and, like, dominated, like, just absolutely dominated when he first came up. And he came up quickly. He was on the cover of Sports Illustrated, and it's when, like, Sports Illustrated was kind of a big deal for me to, like, like, when it would come, I don't know if it was <laughs> yeah. every week or every month, but it was cool to see yeah. the covers, and, like, it was, like, an exciting thing, and, like, being on the cover of Sports Illustrated meant something. Like, I remember a lot of those covers. Um, seems like a long time ago now. Uh, yeah. And it's tough to see, because, I mean, he's 33. You wish he had a longer career. You wish he is one of these guys that just keeps going, but uh, there just, in reality, aren't that many pitchers that make it this far, and that at 33 can still throw with gas and, like, stay healthy, really. Um I'm happy he got a lot of moments in his career, and I think he's probably. I bet he's. A, I think he's a Hall of Famer. I mean, it's it kind of seems weird to say, but if you mm-hmm. talk about like the elite level dominance, and then he did win a World Series and was like obviously one of the key key pieces of, of that team. I Five mean, and zero in that postseason. If he were to retire now, and I kind of hope he comes back, I would love to see it. I mean, pitchers kind of reinvent themselves as they go on. I'd love to see him come back. Like, it's. Uh, I don't know. I would love to see that, and he's a great pitcher. Um, but yeah, tough to see. But makes you appreciate guys like Scherzer. I mean, Scherzer just continue. Yeah. I know he's hurt now, but like guys who do that for so long, Verlander, like these guys, and I guess they're they're blueprints. Like Verlander's a blueprint of a guy who like came back from one of these serious injuries and uh, is in a Cy Young race this year at like whatever he is, <laughs> like thirty seven or whatever, like, like fifty six or whatever. Yeah, that's what it seems like. <laughs> I mean, I thought he was thirty seven like four years ago, but. Uh, <laughs> I guess that arm just doesn't die. Um, I was gonna, but yeah. I was gonna say Steven Strasburg, thirty-three years old, and kind of how you said, right? Like he, you remember him coming up because I was just like, I blinked and he was thirty-three. I'm like, Jesus, I remember when he was a prospect, like you said, like damn. Scary is times flying, boys. Um, yeah, you're telling me. The season fed of the podcast, uh, Rick over there. Um, but yeah, no, it's sad to see a a guy who was, was so good for so long. And, and it feels like we've seen his career 
go through uh, um, kind of flash through us really quickly now and um, at least he has been able to win a World Series. Hopefully he can, can kind of um, heal up and, and stay consistent, at least get to a level, not kind of fall apart like Dallas Keuchel, but um, yeah, I understand. <laughs> I understand the pick for the IC this week. It's unfortunate. Get healthy, Steven, though. Get healthy. Yeah, yeah, definitely get healthy. Uh, and then for my hot, I'm going to go a little split here. I'm going to go with the Braves slash Acuna Jr. So Braves, winners of 11 straight, and Acuna Jr., big part of this. So this was this was a couple weeks ago now that uh, they lost two straight to the D-backs, had a record of 23 and 27, <clears throat> ten and a half games back of the Mets. But after this 11-game win streak, the Braves are now 34 and 27, only five and a half games back of the division. And Acuna in that span is batted 368 uh, on base 457 and on or. Er, Wait, I'm sorry. Oh, slugging 737. Yeah, with four homers, five walks, and 14 hits. And this is less than a year than having that torn ACL in his right knee. So, you know, he missed out that that entire postseason, the the World Series championship. And, yeah, he's just been been killing it. And and another big producer for the Braves right now has been uh, William Contreras, brother of uh, my catcher, Wilson. Uh, In the last 15 games, he's had 15 hits. Yeah, I know. That's yeah. We'll get into that. Uh, <laughs> Fifteen hits, three home runs, seven RBIs, batting uh, three nineteen, four oh seven, six thirty eight, and uh, yeah, here come the Braves against in, in that NL East. You know, uh, the Mets are doing Mets are doing really well, obviously, and it looks like the Phillies are kind of heating up too. But the Braves only five and a half games back, five and a half games back right now. So we'll see how they kind of do. But Braves and Acuna Jr. are my hot for this week. Uh, the hangover from the World Series. It lasted, you know, a few months. Um, <laughs> it's a stacked roster. They've got Ozunia back after all his BS and, um, well, not BS, his issues. And uh, the team's healthy and and they're hitting and they're good. And this is expected. You know, I, I, the Braves are a team that's built to, to contend and, they're gonna give the Mets a, a little bit of a run here, hopefully. If uh, if things even out, it, it should be a nice little um, division battle to the to the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, this guy is a stud, Ronald. I mean, I don't know what I don't know what there is to say about. That. I mean, he's just like one of the best players. I mean, it's a long way to get into like this like uber elite category of baseball player he's in the top five he's in the judge trout like that may be it <laughs> category of player um <laughs> yeah, i guess otani's in there too but uh for a different reason i guess um yeah i mean what a what a boost i don't know if a world series team has ever like added a player of this caliber after winning i know i know he was on the team but like was not really on the team for most of the important parts of the season. Um, but he's fun to watch. I mean, there's just not many... You don't see many players who come up and are just elite at everything they do. He is one of them. Uh, and it, it's great to see that he's come back from his injury. I mean, these players do not come very often. Uh, you see players who come up and who have that skill set. I mean, like, you look at, like, I think Luis Robert has that same skill set, same potential. And maybe he's going to put it together and be an Acuna-level player. He's not that mm-hmm. right now. Um and you look at it and you're like, oh, this is the next Acuna. The next Acuna doesn't come very often. Uh, there's guys who could be that. Um, and it's just a huge search for this race or this Braves team. Um, I hope I hope the, the Mets, Braves, Phillies can kind of come together because I think that would be a really fun division race coming down to, to see. It. And it, it, with, the, with like the added wild card, I mean, all these games are going to matter. So, like, you think, like, the last month or two of the season – that third wild card team, I think that third wild card spot is going to end up being a little bit like of a drop of caliber of team, which I think some people may not like. But for me, I think it's mm-hmm. great because you get like, I don't know, you add essentially like five to ten teams in the playoff race. Um, like you're going to have like these teams that really like the Phillies probably, I don't know, we'll see how they continue to go. But um, maybe wouldn't have uh, been in the playoff race. And now, now I feel like they're going to be in it. So, yeah. I was going to say, that's like six teams. You have the Mets, Phillies, and Braves competing there in the East. You got the Dodgers, the, the Padres, and 
and even the uh, uh, Giants competing in the West. So that's six teams competing for what four, five spots like that. That's that's awesome because nobody in the Central is going to do that. Like other than St. Louis and Milwaukee, like I, like it's either one of those two and that's it. But that's going to be a fun NL right there. Rocky Ronnie, Ronnie Ronnie. All right. right. Um, I'll go into my unless you guys have anything else on that on Ronnie and the Braves. Nope. nope. All right. I'll go into. I'll start with my hot because it's kind of on topic. I have the Philadelphia Phillies after firing Joe Girardi have gone on an absolute heater. Um, I would like to see this team be good. I mean, I don't really like. I don't love this team in terms of like how it's built. I mean, I don't like have anything personal against these players. I just think it's like. A bunch of like hitters who can't really field, and uh, it could be fun if they all get hot at once. But uh, I don't know; they're kind of like the opposite universe of the White Sox, where they have all these like American dudes, like white American dudes who just mash. Where the White Sox have all our Cubans and like Eloy out there just mashing, and we can't really field. The fundamentals are kind of bad. It seems like we're always poorly managed. Um, that's how I see the Phillies. But I mean, they've won nine of the last ten. That's how you make it make an impact coming off of a new manager coming in. Um, you got Hoskins hitting the ball again. Schwarber got hot, and we know what Schwarber can do when he gets hot. Bryce Harper is Bryce Harper, and this guy is just – he's a – I don't know. I, I didn't even include him in that top-tier player, and I'm not sure he's the Cunha Trout level, but he's right up there. He's very close. I mean, kind of slept on at times, I think. And then the thing i got to give a little shout-out to, just because uh, it's been their problem for a while, is their bullpen. They have kind of the most bargain bin bullpen I've ever seen with, like, Brad Hand, Corey <laughs> Knabel, and Yuri Familia. Uh, to me, those are like those, like, I don't know if you ever played, like, MLB The Show or, like, when it was, like, MLB 2K. But those are, like, those last guys in the draft. Like, you recognize the name, but they're really not that good. But, like, they're old, and you can just kind of always get them some, for, like, whatever reason. Um, that's the Phillies bullpen, but, you know, it's kind of performing. And a name to look out for there, just looking at these stats, this guy... Sir Anthony Dominguez. Um, never heard of him, but he's got stuff. I mean, he strikes out like like one and a half per inning, and he's he's got the lowest ERA, ERA under two. I think he's got to take over as the closer role. I don't know if they – I assume they have him in high leverage right now, but uh, I think he needs to take over that closer role and just be the dominant force. I mean, I think that team could be really good, and I think the, the value of a closer who just comes in and shuts the door is, is, is very valuable, so – We'll see how he progresses and if this bullpen of like Brad Hands can uh, can keep up. <laughs> I love I, I love that description. It's such a talented roster, and it was you know it's unfortunate what happened with Joe Girardi, but it didn't seem like it was going to mass mass to anything um, special from day one. You know, last year it was tough. Um, I think this is, is this year two of his. Of him managing, I think. I think so. Maybe yeah. three. But it's been rough uh, overall. You know, they went and brought in Schwarber this year to already boost in that lineup. They also signed Castellanos back, way back to the field. Nick Castellanos hits a home run. <laughs> but it's a deep uh, drive to left, and uh, it's yeah. 3 4. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, you want to see uh, Philly kind of be good. It's another big market team and a team that had some serious successes as Alex hinted at, you know, with the Ryan Howard days and the Roy Halladay, um, rest in peace. But, uh, uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's been exciting to see kind of a resurgent coming from, uh, from Philly. And, and like you said, Schwarber's mashing, Harper's hitting the ball, Castellanos is getting, getting his at-bats, and, uh, you know, Didi Gregorius has been pretty helpful for them over at shortstop. So hopefully uh, Philly can kind of find their way competing for one of those wild-card spots. But, they did dig themselves quite the hole. 30 and 30, 500 at the 60 game mark. Like I said, Rick, before the show, couldn't <laughs> believe we're at the 60 game mark, but we are. So, uh, yeah, well, we'll see what happens here come All Star game, All Star break. As a Cubs fan, it's pain, it's painful. 60 games in, and it's, this is the product that they're putting out there, so that's why I was amazed. But uh, you said Ryan Howard, man, and I was just like, Jesus, that takes me back to when they won their, their World Series with. With, who was it? Him, like you said, Halliday. Who's their closer? Brad Lidge, right? Like he was like a stellar closer that year. It was like 2008 or something. And Papelbon, the psycho. Papelbon, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, like all those guys. Like it was ridiculous. Like what happened? But Cliff Lee. Cliff uh, Lee. Jesus. God. Roy Oswald. Roy Oswald. Yeah. Yeah. All these guys. Like it's, it's crazy. Like what happened? Um, <laughs> Lists off a name. He's just like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Yeah. Um, no man. Uh, Phillies. Yeah. I like you said. Very talented roster. Up and down. Uh, their bullpen. I feel like with all these teams, man, like there's always something that's like how you said bargain bin, or there's always something that was like, oh, these guys are making the absolute minimum of like the entire team's, uh, uh, I guess, roster, like comparatively, right? But yeah, they're doing really well. Uh, like you said, after firing Joe, uh, one of two Joes that were fired uh, just uh, these last couple of weeks, but. I just want to see a really competitive NL East because, you know, I hate New York and yeah, the Mets are good. I'd, I'd still, I'd, I'd like to see them have such a good season and then Mets it all away as, as you know, the Braves and the, and the Phillies are doing well and maybe they, you know, they lose some down the stretch and then they don't end up making the playoffs at all. So that would be funny. But yeah, Phillies, Phillies, good pick. I like that. <clears throat> yep. And tonight, big comeback win. I mean, it was only one run, but they scored in the eighth and ninth, bottom eighth and ninth to walk it off. Sir Anthony Dominguez with the win. So uh, <laughs> I didn't know that had happened, but my pick's looking pretty good, even though I guess that's not a save. But, uh, yeah, Phillies. Um, moving into my cold, we're going to go to the other manager team of the league. Well, other fired manager team of the league, and that is the Angels and Joe Madden. No longer Joe Madden Angels. Um, funny thing, just quickly before I land to the Angels, I heard today Joe Madden got a mohawk to, like, change the vibe of the <laughs> locker room, but yeah. was fired before he could show up with the mohawk. That is hilarious. Um, <laughs> Imagine being Joe Madden and be like, no, they have to see this fucking mohawk before I step out of this building. I didn't get it for nothing, dude. <laughs> like, what do you do? Do you keep the mohawk now and have everyone ask you why you have it? Like, like oh, you gotta my. shave it off at this point, dude. <laughs> Man, sixty-eight years old. He's like, I know what's gonna turn this franchise around. I know what's gonna get all these guys fired up. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, God. it's <laughs> what they were losers of thirteen or, or something like that, and then they finally got a win. But thirteen, yeah, uh, it's been rough in in Anaheim, the Angels of Anaheim, but. Uh, yeah, no, I think Otani got roughed up in New York last week or a few weeks ago. Uh, Trout was in one of his worst slumps of his career. I had him picked as one of my ICs. Um, I think I was going to use him, but I didn't. Uh, or I did. I can't remember if I did or not. But, um, yeah, no, the Angels have been pretty bad, just to to be completely honest. They were kind of head-to-head as we started the season with Houston, and they've fallen off, and... Uh, if they want to compete for one of those AL wildcard spots, they got to recover and, and put some solid outings together and some wins and, and see if they can compete because no one wants to see Houston in the postseason or at least as the division winners of that AL West. Yeah, and I got some I got some some people to lay into on this because it, it kind of triggers me that the Angels are this bad. Like, it, In some ways it's funny, but the fact that we don't get to see Mike, we haven't seen a Mike Trout playoff game. I mean, we're talking about one of the best players that ever played baseball. Yep. We haven't got to see him in, a, in, in the playoffs. That's ridiculous. And Once. One, one time, time. One time. Was it a wild card? I don't think he has a playoff game, game on, his, on, his, on his log. So I think it's a wild card, which I guess is... Mm. I don't know what the qualification or game, is. Or like a game 163 maybe to get into yeah. the playoffs. I, can't, I honestly can't remember. I don't think he's got... Well, anyways, the fact that they haven't been contending for so long is just... It's ridiculous, especially given the amount of money they've shelled out. I mean, Anthony Rendon, what is going on, man? I've never seen a guy just become so bad. Like, I guess Pujols. So, like, we're talking about, like, how do you have all these signings that turn out so horribly? Anthony Rendon is getting paid way too much, Is way too, was way too good of a player to be batting 240 with no pop. I mean, that's just not... That's not going to cut it. Um... They pay Syndergaard like twenty five million coming off an injury, and he's yeah. doing he's doing nothing. I mean, like, and I don't I don't know where you go with this team because it, it it's tough to see. But I will say there's a couple signs of hope. The pitching is not horrible. 
Uh, I was looking at the stats. I was looking into things. The pitching is not. I was like, I was just kind of. I wrote down in some notes. I was like, oh, the pitching's awful again. It's not that bad. <laughs> Uh, I, I was surprised. They're around league average, which to me, if, if the Angels can roster a league average pitching staff with Trout and Otani, that team should be good. Uh, what it comes down to, the rest, of the, the rest of the lineup needs to hit. Taylor Ward, great start to the season. Turns out he's not the second coming of Mike Trout um, that just randomly appeared. Uh, but he should still be a pretty <laughs> good player. Uh, Rendon, pick it up, man. Jared Walsh, we may see something more. And then they have, like, all these other guys who, like, just, like, Matt Duffy. Like, what are you going to expect? Like, he was mm-hmm. on the Cubs. I think. Matt Duffy's going to hit, like, 280. Great. That should be good enough for this team. But we need some more production out of these guys because I want to see them contending. I want to see them in the wild card race. And I want to see them in the playoffs. I want to see a Mike Trout playoff series. I want to see Otani in the playoffs. Um, and I think there's hope. It's just got to gotta turn around and they got, they got to figure something out there. I mean, like, you, you see the Phillies doing what they're doing right after they fired uh, Girardi. So hopefully with, with the firing of old Mohawk Joe, uh, it's it'll probably turn around for them too. They're going to go on an 11-game win streak or you know some sort of win streak here. Uh, I, I really think the Mohawk was going to do something. I really think it was going to turn their season around. Uh, I, I have high hopes for the Mohawk in the future. Maybe it will fire him up just knowing that this guy got a Mohawk for them. <laughs> Didn't even get the paid off, so hope, hopefully that's the juice they needed. The fired manager went hawk. <laughs> and as a Cubs fan, Joe did, Joe did some outlandish shit to like try to like get his players going or to like loosen things around the clubhouse or whatever. But, but the fact that he wasn't able to unleash this 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 magnificent mohawk like on the team before he got fired is just kind of like disappointing. It's very disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Angels. Yep. No, it's in. Uh, they got swept in 2014 in the division series by the Royals. Um, I think he hit. He hit below 100 in, as a batting average in that series. Moving Oof. on, though. Moving on. That was our unsponsored, but wanted to be sponsored uh, pod or segment. Icy hot. Sponsors, please. Icy hot. Um, let's move into our next weekly segment that we did. Uh, Last episode, Around the Horn, brought to you by Rick and Crackwin Media. Yes, um, not to brag, 3-0 and after after week <laughs> one. Uh, all my picks came through. I think we had, um, I had the Blue Jays beating the White Sox. I think that was Alec, or Rick's pick. Mm-hmm. I had the Dodgers beating the Mets. And then Alex had Cleveland losing to Kansas City, I think. <laughs> If my memory serves me correct. Did you live tweet the game or not, Alex? And, I want to know. Uh, you know Alex didn't watch that bum-ass baseball game. <laughs> uh, and he tried picking up a layup, and he picked the wrong team, the worst team out of the two. And Cleveland's actually been pretty hot right now. So yeah. we're going we're gonna to go to around the horn. And like I said, scoreboard uh, goes as follows. 3-0 and for Jack, 0-3 for Alex, and 1-2 and for Rick. So... We'll see what week two has. Um, Rick, why don't you why don't you lead us off? All right, uh, I got my game Wednesday, uh, so tomorrow, June fifteenth, Marlins at the Phillies. I got Pablo Lopez versus Kyle Gibson, and even though the Phillies, you know, have been doing really well with the uh, loss of uh, of uh, Joe Girardi or the firing of Joe Girardi. Uh, I'm picking the Marlins to get the W here just because uh, it's against Pablo Lopez, 4-2, 2.3 ERA. Um, and even though a lot of the lineup has been hitting pretty well against him, uh, just historically, I still think the Marlins are going to take this one against uh, Kyle Gibson. Uh, he's got a slightly higher ERA. and I don't know, man. I, I, I'm, taking, uh, I'm taking the Marlins against uh, the Phillies this game. I like this pick. That's that's a very tough one because you got a pitcher versus a good team. Uh, I'm going to go with mm-hmm. the Marlins too. I mean, I just looked twenty seven and thirty two. That's not awful. Um, Pablo's going to get the job done. I like that. Uh, <laughs> I still don't fully trust the Phillies, so like, I think that's a good pick. But it's a, it's a tough one because Phillies hot versus versus a, a legitimate ace and looking like an all star, maybe side young contender. We'll see. Yeah. Ah. Uh... I got a record to protect. He's going Phillies. I knew it. <laughs> I got a record to protect. 
No, I think the <laughs> Phillies win tomorrow night. I got the Marlins winning that one. Um, so I think we'll all back you on the Marlins here is what it sounds like. All right. Alex, uh, who do you got? All right, all right so, so after, after a poor performance... And I didn't watch the game. I didn't live tweet the Royals Indians, um, but I was I was following on, on the score. A little midday, you know, between some work, I was like checking, skiing. My boy Bobby Witt doing anything? Nope. They got shut out. It looked like a pretty dominant win. Um, so yeah, I gotta go with a no more adventurous picks on my end. I gotta control what I can control. Uh, I'm going Dodgers over the Angels. This one seems like a slam dunk. Um, so if I lose, Angels, you can thank me for putting the season back on track. But we got Tyler Anderson versus <laughs> Reed Detmers. Uh, Tyler Anderson's been good, and he's kind of been a guy who's been like a bad team pitcher who looks like he could be pretty good. Uh, I know he's, at least from what I remember, he would give the White Sox some trouble because he's kind of got a little quirky uh, delivery, which is like the White Sox death. Um, <laughs> but he's a fun pitcher to watch, and like, and like, you look at these good teams; they they find one of these pitchers, and they become like a very good pitcher. That's like looking what Tyler Anderson. He looks like he's a pretty solid starter. Uh, like I think like around a three ERA. So yeah, I'm going Dodgers over seven and the Angels. Seven and zero. That's a big selling point there. Wins. <laughs> uh, I God, I don't know. I like Detmers, but I also just think the Dodgers are going to absolutely, you know, just keep raking the way they have. So I, I, I'm going to have to agree with you. I'm going to go with Dodgers. You said Dodgers, right? I just want to double check. You said Dodgers. Okay. Well, I, I'm agreeing with you. I'm going with Dodgers as well. Um, yeah, I like Detmers, but like I said, Tyler Anderson through sub three area right now, looking like a really good pitcher for the Dodgers and the Dodgers are just the Dodgers this year and they're just dominant and, like you said, no more adventurous picks. I'm taking the Dodgers over the Angels on this one as well. Dodgers have been a little colder than late. Uh, they've, they've looked beatable in the last five. But unfortunately, and I'm not trying to be a homer with following all the boys on their picks right now, but I do think the Dodgers win that. It's in Dodger Stadium. Uh, Angels are still struggling. I think they still got to find their feet under this, this new manager, and we'll see. But Dodgers over the um, the Angels sounds like the move. Uh, and not because the boys did that as well. But, <laughs> all right, so the final pick further around the horn, Yankees Rays in New York City. We got Nasty Nestor Cortez, who's 5-2, and two, facing off against Shane McClanahan, who's 7-2, and two, I believe, at 7.05 on, and I forgot the night. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> on Wednesday night as well. So all of us picking, I think, nice. Wednesday night games. So all, we'll be, all Wednesday games, yeah. We'll, we'll know pretty quickly what happens there. I got the Yankees winning that one. It's in the Bronx. Um, Yankees look unbeatable right now. And, you know, M- Judge is mashing the ball. Stan's mashing the ball. Um, they're just getting offense, and they're scoring runs, and the pitching has been the best rotation in the league so far. So I've got the Yankees beating the Rays in a close one uh, in the Bronx. This is uh this is a good one. I like this one. This this is kinda like just two really good pitchers against two pretty damn good lineups. Uh I think I'm gonna have to disagree and go with uh Shane McClanahan and the Rays against against Nasty Nestor and the uh the Yanks. Um looks like they're the, the lineup, the you know, the projected lineup against uh the, the Yankees. Um Looks like they've they've had some some decent success against Cortez in the very limited play uh, against him, but you know they, don't get me wrong, there are some good uh, you know Giancarlo and you got Glaber Torres doing really who have batted really well or have hit very well against Shane McClanahan. So even though those are kind of the uh, the stats there, I, I think I'm still going to go with the Rays here um, beating the uh, the Yankees Wednesday night. Hmm. Um, so that did not make this easy for me because I was kind of hoping you guys would both go Yankees so I could have a little <laughs> differential play there. Um, it is tough. I mean, I want McClanahan. I think McClanahan's is looking like he's one of the Cy Young front runners. If he can go into the Bronx and and shove, I mean, he's he's certainly certainly just put himself in that race. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the Yankees here. I think Nestor is gonna have a solid Ooh. outing, but I think. 
I think the the Yankees kind of get to McClanahan here. I don't know. This is tough. The reason I said the, the main reason I don't think the Rays have the lineup right now, um, Wander Franco being out, Brandon Lau being out, those are two of your big producers in that lineup. Um, and I know guys show up for them. You got G Man Choi, fan favorite, at least fan favorite of mine. Randy's gonna Randy's gonna hit Manuel Marcos, looking like he's having a little breakout. Uh, so I don't know the Rays. The Rays can easily win this game. McClanahan is it looks amazing. He pitched against the Hawks the other day. I mean, he looks really good. And uh, yeah, but I'm gonna go with the Yankees. Kind of got to be safe this week. The 0 three was tough last week. It's kind of impacting <laughs> my thought process. Um, yeah, but all the Yankees. Alex is trying to trying to not go zero and three again <laughs> this week. Maybe get his record up. <laughs> Conservative for someone who's zero and three. Seriously. Well, um, I usually I usually like going with the hot take, but zero and three is not. I have to get on the board, and uh, <laughs> as unfortunate as that is, it goes against my nature. I want to pick. Yeah, whatever. I'm gonna have to go Yankees. <laughs> <laughs> have we uh, have we come up with a? Uh... Uh, punishment yet for the loser at the end of the season? We'll get there. We'll get there. We're, we're, right. It's week one. We'll get there. You're you're way too eager to punish someone. I'm I, ready, I, dude. I'm ready. Alex, I mean, you guys, you know, I, I'm not so worried. Like I said, the standings, as I'll, <laughs> as I'll rub it in your guys' faces one like, more time, standings are as follows. Um, Alex, 0-3, Rick, 1-2, and, and yours truly, 3-0. and So, um... Yeah, Around the Horn brought to you by Rick and Crack One Media. Um, another fun little segment that uh, Rick created for the for the podcast, and uh, it's something we'll, we'll get along with, and, and maybe we'll let the fans do a a vote on the on the picks and see what they like, and, and we'll get the fan vote in there one at some point. But right now, like uh, um, the three of us we're keeping track, and we'll keep tally. And like you said, Rick. Rick will be coming up, or at least we'll we'll let someone decide. It maybe can't be Rick. It might just be have to be something <laughs> out of his hands. But someone will decide the punishment for for the boys of of who is the loser of this season uh, for around the horn. Cool, cool, cool. Um, yeah. So in this week, in the last few weeks, we've seen some managers let go. Um, as as you guys hinted at, both Joes. Um, one from each league, one coming from the AL West in Los Angeles Angels, Joe Madden being let go, as we talked about his Mohawk. Um, <laughs> and then Joe Girardi in Philadelphia, who was let go as well. It's it's unfortunate you never want to see managers let go, but uh, as, as White Sox fans, I think Alex and I can both agree we're ready for a change in, in direction as well. But uh, two historically... <clears throat> Great coaches in, in Joe Madden who won a World Series with you know the Cubs. So I know you probably are a little bit more attached to that dismissal, um, and then Joe Girardi who you know is quite successful with the Yankees as well. He win with the Yankees. Joe Girardi. I thought he won with the Yankees. Uh, I think so. I don't know. But yeah, no. Both teams, both stud stud rosters, underperforming and. And expectations from big market teams that that weren't being met, and that's kind of how you want your club to be run. If it's not you're not going the way you need it to be, and and if you spend the money on your team and and you want them to perform every day, and you're not getting that, you gotta uh, you know the captain of the ship, the manager is is held responsible, and a changing of the guard is is what's necessary. I think um, Phil Nevin is that right, Rick? Phil Nevin. Yeah, Phil Nevin took over for. Uh... Uh, what was it, Phillies? Uh, no, I'm sorry, for, uh, Angels. for the Angels. Yeah, Angels. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I mean, Madden kind of, what, I think you had in here that Madden was surprised, but <coughs> the writing was kind of on the wall. You've seen the underperforming, underperforming team for the last few years. As Alex talked about, you want to see, you know, these studs, this two-way player, this, you know, uh, the best player in baseball for the last decade, and Mike Trout. You know, you want to see these guys performing in in uh, the big time in in October, and it hasn't been the case. And you know, they brought in Joe Madden as as this kind of savior to do what the what he did with the Cubs, as they kind of had a you know ready roster as, as Madden walked in to Chicago, and then 
Um, you know, it's kind of <laughs> as Javi Baez doesn't run out of ground to, to end the ball game. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, it's it's unfortunate for Madden there in L.A. And then with Girardi, I, who's his? I don't know who his replacement will be, but um, yeah. it is not. Go, it wasn't going well. You know, it, it it's plain and simple. The the team signed a few uh, some big names in the free agency market this summer or this off season, and uh, they expected to be performing much better than they are in this NL East. I think they're at 30, 30, 30 and thirty is what we were talking about. Um, Yep. As they look to crawl their way back in, but I think nine games out of first place, it's a tough hole. Uh, we'll see. Uh, but those were the two manager dismissals this week. So, um. Well, I got some just quickly because I Googled Joe Girardi to see if he won with the Yankees. He did in 09. He was the manager when they won. Um, uh, okay. And then as a player, I didn't know this, Three, he played four years for the Yankees and won three times. In 96, 97, or 96, 98, 99, so good for him. He's caught a no-hitter and a perfect game, so I learned a lot about Joe Girardi fit. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, one, one of the big things I want to – I'm curious what you guys think about this because I, I think Joe Madden and Joe Girardi are, like, two of these kind of figureheads of managers and definitely kind of like the – it's not that they don't care about analytics. I don't think that – I don't – think of them like that at all, but they're the old school wave of, of manager. Um, and I think you see Joe Madden is definitely somebody who thinks he can have an impact on like the mental state of the game. I mean, I think, or like just like the strategic state. Um, earlier this year, he walked a guy with the bases loaded. Um, and to me, that's like one of those decisions that the modern day manager is pretty much never going to make. Um, yeah. But that's an old school kind of like mental game. Can it, like is something here different than what it seems, um, which I kind of like seeing. I think it's interesting. I, I personally am not a big Joe Madden fan. Uh, maybe that's because he was on the Cubs, but I like I don't know. I thought he was most <laughs> likable when he was with the Cubs um, in managing those teams. I thought he handled that whole situation incredibly well. And I think like as a person, he seems like a like he could be a very cool manager to have when things are going well. Uh, but I oh, yeah. see him also being a little bit annoying when things aren't going well. So I could see why they wanted him fired. But the, the the big question I have for you guys is like what what how big of an impact is a manager having on baseball games? It's not football, it's not basketball, you're not running plays, you're not designing things like you're making bullpen moves and setting lineups and then I think like what's often like heralded among managers is like setting a good clubhouse that has like a competitive attitude and like mindset. I don't know how to quantify that and watching game you can see all these decisions and like pretty much any decision a manager makes it can come down to, oh, well, the player could have played better um, or not. So you get this whole question of, like, are they playing well? Um, I don't know. So what do you guys think? What is, what, is, what is the value of a good manager in today's baseball? Go ahead, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it seems in, in this day and age, the, the lineup card seems a little bit less valued, but if if you have a guy that can hit four times, you think that would be more valuable than someone who's expected to only get three. Um, if you know things are, you know, the ball game kind of progresses as expected, it's. I don't know. You're, you've seen it with these teams that have the the way the world has changed, and and you know, I think athletes are out more outspoken, and uh, you know, they they kind of need people that are able to kind of handle that, but. Um, you've seen clubs and, uh, you know, I don't mean to be biased, but, you know, then you see the White Sox who go and, you know, the owner just hires a personal friend who's, you know, got one foot in the retirement home and, <laughs> uh, and then it seems less valuable. So then that results in, you know, Lori Garcia hitting leadoff or second and, um, you know, it, it's then it seems like there's decisions that are, you know, hurting your team. So I, to answer your question, Alex, I think, uh, I think they are important. Um, I think they've become less important as the years have progressed, but you do see what a direct result can be of a bad managed team. But I also think there's bad coaching as well. 
But um, I think that, you know, you're going to see bad managed teams, and that's what you saw from, uh, you know, Madden and, and Girardi. They weren't managing their stars, and, you know, they weren't setting the bar and high expectations on their on their players clearly, and, and enough is enough. You know, you, just because he's Mike Trout doesn't mean, you know, you can't bench him for a game because he's not performing, and I'm not saying that's necessarily the case it got to, but um, it's it's making the tough decisions. That's why you have the role. Yeah, I was I was gonna I, I kind of agree with basically what you guys are saying, you know, like how Alex said with like this isn't football, this isn't, you know, those types of uh, of sports because in football, you know, like these these really high-level quarterbacks, your Tom Brady's, your Peyton Manning's, guys like that, Patrick Mahomes, the coach isn't necessarily making them better. I I don't think there's any really level of coaching, you know, maybe the first couple of years they they put an impression on you and but I mean, Patrick, you know, Tom Brady didn't need Bill Belichick to be Tom Brady. Tom Brady was Tom Brady because he was Tom Brady, um, because he studied the game. He 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 did uh, all the training. He knew he knew the playbook back and forth. You know, things like that. Where I feel like the manager in baseball he plays a huge part in it, uh, especially lineup cards. You know what I mean? And, and kind of knowing more of the um, more of the analytical part. Of baseball because it has become so big analytically, right? Like, oh, the uh, war, these stats. Uh, you, you've got all these stats coming in. You know, when I when I was the first, and this this just ages me terribly. But when I was like first getting into baseball, the biggest stats were like, how many wins do you have? What's your ERA and what's your average? You know what I mean? And then you kind of get all these stats now over these last, this last decade and a half or so. But you know, a manager I think in, in impacts the game quite a bit just because of the lineup cards. Who who's on the mound? Okay, are they making a switch? All right, now how do I how do I uh, manage my lineup to to uh, get more runs? Basically, how do I, how am I going to manage my lineup to get these wins? Really, at the end of the at the end of the game, whereas you know coaches for football or basketball, it's like, well, this guy is just outstanding, and I can put players around him, but these players also have to be outstanding. And don't get me wrong, baseball players have to do have a very hard job to do with like just hitting a baseball in general, right? Like that is a very hard thing to do. Um, but it's also about what players you put before a Mike Trout, what players you put after a Mike Trout, who's hitting eighth. There's a DH. There's not a DH. Uh, who's the, who's the guy coming in to pitch in the seventh inning? Who's their closer? There's like so many, uh, little things that a manager, I feel like has to think about and has to make those decisions kind of like on the fly. Sure. They have the middle of the inning, right? to kind of make some decisions sometimes. Um, but I feel like they, they are kind of undervalued as of recently. And I mean, you see it with Joe Girardi getting, getting fired from Philly and they've just done a lot better since he's been gone. And who knows what's going to happen with the angels now that Joe Madden's gone. But I feel like a manager in baseball does make quite a bit of a bit uh, of an impact on a game uh, versus like an NFL head coach or something. Yeah. I think it'll be interesting to see going forward. I mean, you have the analytic movement, which will which will stay and will be a huge part of baseball. But then uh, I think you're going to see kind of the pushback of that and see the opposite. Because, like, <coughs> when you watch a baseball team every day, you see some of the nuances that are, I don't know, when a hitter's hot, that's hard to quantify with analytics. But when you watch the games, you want a hot hitter batting in a more premier spot of the lineup. Um, but you can't really, if they don't have a season long or a statistical base, um, sometimes analytics may go against that. You see like the Blake Snell pulling in the world series like two years ago. Yeah. That's one of those things that's going to continue to be like, how does the game evolve to manage like the analytics with the, with the side of non-analytics? Cause I think like the side of non-analytics is kind of getting phased out, but I think the good managers do know that it's still a very big part of it. Um, but we'll see. It'll be interesting to see how the Phillies and uh, Angels respond to this. Uh, obviously, they've kind of responded in different ways starting off. But uh, <laughs> going forward, it'll, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see if there's noticeable changes in these teams. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, definitely agree. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh, All-star voting's out. Go vote for your studs. You know, Rick, go get Wilson to the All-star game. I know uh, Alex and I want T.A., Pito, and, and others and co. at, at the All-Star Game representing in, at Dodger Stadium. Um, so definitely go out there and, and vote. Uh, otherwise, I know uh, um, we've got a little bit of an update. I'll let Rick kind of 
fill everyone in quickly. It's nothing tragic, but I'll let Rick take it away. I actually, I, I, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> what are we? Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, never mind. All right. Well, we'll get there. I'll, I'll... No, no, no. Put it in the chat. Put it in the chat because I want to know what you're what what you're referring to. I can't. I either I've forgotten or I really don't know what you're talking about. But I do want to. If I've forgotten, then this is 100 percent on me, and like I'm the idiot. But I, I just need, I just need. <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah, it's definitely that. Okay. Yep. I totally forgot about that. So, um, yep. A little bit of an update. Uh, like we've said, like I've said before on here on big league Chicago on only football, uh, I'm on all three of these podcasts. So it does take a lot of time, uh, from me and it, it does kind of like get to be a little too much for myself. Uh, I, I do, I do love being on here. I do love, uh, just doing everything that I can, uh, just cause I, 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 I see value in what I'm doing and, you know, what Jack, Alex, Kyle, what, what these guys are bringing as well. I just appreciate that so much, but I will be taking a, a, a step backward on a three up, three down. Um, meaning I will probably be on here about once a month. Um, <clears throat> I don't think any less than that. Um, and if I'm able to hop on a second, third time, you know, that's going to be great too, just cause I do also run like the crack one social media, the website, uh, kind of manage a lot of that stuff. So it does take a toll and I, I do need to take a step back. Luckily, Jack and Alex understand that, uh, 100% they're behind me, uh, doing that. And, you know, I'm still going to give my picks for the, uh, around the horn. So, you know, even though I won't be on the pod, you know, 75% of the time, uh, I'm still going to come out a winner for around the horn and I will decide the punishment for, I'm assuming Jack who started off hot, just like the angels, but will eventually fall <laughs> all the way down. <laughs> Such a clown. Such a clown. It'll be, we'll be awarding you with the, with the sacco. Uh, no, <laughs> it's, sacco. it's been, uh, it's been awesome having Rick on. Uh, Rick will be joining us. Like he said, if he is still, able to receive the punishment um, when he does receive it here at the end of this season. Uh, <clears throat> Rick, we appreciate you giving us a platform here at Crack One Media, and we'd love to have you on as much as possible. We do understand uh, you have a life. and uh, <laughs> so, It's a little bit. It's not much. It's a little bit. <laughs> but yeah, that that's um, this week's episode. We'll be back next week, Alex and I, and we'll we'll try and bring on some more guests as we um, continue along towards the season. And uh, you know, hopefully the Sox can figure it out. Hopefully the Cubs can, you know, continue to tread water until they sell the farm. Um, <laughs> and yeah, you know, watch some baseball. We'll keep you posted on what the scoreboard looks like for around the horn. Um, otherwise, that's all I got from me. Um, hope the three of you have a good night and we'll talk soon. Uh, that is one thing I did want to add. We're going to try to add more people, more guests like Jack said, and, you know, maybe some people who are fans of different teams, you know, not, you're not just hearing the perspective from three, three Chicago guys, but like, like Jack said, we're going to be bringing you more guests and then I will be doing my monthly check-in for, uh, my winning spot at, uh, around the horn. But yeah, man, I am I, always a pleasure for with you guys and. Yeah, it's been fun. Yeah, it's been a good time. Rick, it's it's been great. Uh, looking forward to the once a month. Uh, one downside is you're going to have to hear it from us on your on your picks each week, so you better hope that they're, <laughs> they're very good because you're not going to be able to defend yourself each time. So uh, just beware of that. Uh, but yeah, at least I'm not. At least I'm not telling people to go watch the the, the, the Royals versus the Guardians here. Alex. Yeah, that may be the worst pick because people, if they even thought they should care about that, that was pretty misleading because <laughs> it was not interesting. Like God, no, absolutely not. Uh, where everyone can find you on social media? Uh, you, you can, can find me Northside Socks on Twitter. I usually just get mad at Larusa. It's been salty, but hopefully, hopefully the bats and the whole team just kind of shows up at some point this year, so you can there can be some positivity there. But yeah, Northside Sox on on Twitter, best place. And then uh, you can find me on Twitter at and now Rick. 
on Instagram, follow the Crack One Media page at Crack One Media, and then check out the website to not only listen to this podcast, but the other couple podcasts we have, as well as the blog and the Meet the Team section. Absolutely. Go meet the guys and girls. Um, that does it. Find me on Sifu Man on Twitter. Um, otherwise, yeah, thanks for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you next week. See you. Yankees lose. <laughs> Hits it in the air to right. Back at the wall. And the White Sox win it. Stretch. Get on back there. They look up. You can put it on the board. Yes. Yes.